Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The other thing I should say is I tried to play Warhammer when I was a kid. That sounded like big to people <laughs> sure. like stats. I just didn't, I didn't understand it, is the point. These are the kind of left turns that the Fighting Club <laughs> yeah, podcast takes. <laughs> Welcome back to another bonus pod on the front three. I know we said we were going to be doing them every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't quite work out. We had Rory on first, of course, um, talking about Chelsea. Mm-hmm. This week, oh, yeah. we've got Gary Flavel, better known as Flav. Gary Goss. The Fighting Cock podcast yeah. and Ball Street. Well, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've, I've been a big fan of the front three for a long time. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's the only place I actually listen to actual football chat. Wow. Um, because wow. you guys know what you're talking about. And like we, we spoke, yeah. like, like we spoke a while back, uh, Loz, and you said, "Oh, yeah, it'd be good to get you on." And I was, I don't, I don't think I'd be any good in that at all. I don't understand or get much enjoyment out of tactics or, or football mm. at that level. But I find it interesting to li- listen to. I just can't talk about talk about it with any authority. We'll we come had, on we had this chat the other night. Yeah, I had this chat last night with someone else who said, um, you know, like uh, punditry is not very good. And I was sort of saying part of a pundit's job is to break it down and make it simple enough that anyone feels they can take part in the conversation. Mm. So maybe it's just that our punditry isn't good enough. No, I don't think so. I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you look at Gary Neville and what he... Uh, say whatever you think about him, and his stock has dropped since the Valencia debacle, but yeah. but still. He, he knows how to break it down for the everyman, the layman, and, uh, and, and for that you can appreciate his ability. And the, Jamie Carragher. <laughs> he's got something... I, as footballers, I hated and detested both of them. Yeah. And as human beings, I hate and detest them still. But, but, <laughs> but, I, I, but I appreciate how they talk about football whenever it is that I do watch Sky, which isn't very often. We'll yeah, you don't have to like them, do you? No, you don't have to like them. We'll talk a bit more about football coverage and that sort of stuff, tactics and all that uh, as we go on. But thank you so much for coming on. The idea of these bonus podcasts, if this is the first one you listen to, is we kind of want to get people on that we like, people that we know, that we think are interesting, and might have something interesting to say about football. It's not just have a general chat. Um, so I suppose the best place to start mm. is talking about Tottenham. Great. Well, obviously, you're a Spurs fan. You, you you run the Fighting Cock podcast. What are some of your earliest memories of being a Spurs fan? Uh, my fir- earliest memory is being at a League Cup game with my dad. I was four years old. It would have been 1985. And uh, I think we were playing Bournemouth. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and it was literally just the lights. It was it was just the, the twinkling t- um, uh, floodlights you know, cold night air uh, and being with my old man and my mum 
and I lasted about 20 minutes and apparently fell asleep in the football. I don't know what my dad was allowing me to sleep in a football, a football match <laughs> wow. during the 80s. But so <laughs> it, it was a different time. So it goes, yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of my first actual memory, but as a kind of cognitive young human being mm. that I became, um, it was just being in the pub with, with my dad and his mates and being given my first beer. And, How old and were you? Uh, about eight. Now, right, yeah, I, yeah. Now, that makes sense. Uh, I, I, well, this is a collective experience over years, but the, all of those things kind of mesh into one because yeah. it was just being part of something that was greater than my family and greater than myself and and, and football for a long time and still to this day, it, it, that's what's important to to me when thinking about football. It's the it's the social aspect to it. It's it's the the, the bonding and and. and and, and sharing a love of a football club that, uh, and, and the kind of learning how to do that came from from when I was very very young. So it really more of my memories about being in pubs beforehand or, or wherever <laughs> it is that people come together and talk about football. So for that reason, do you think you'd love football just as much if you were a fan of any other club? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So I mean, in that sense, Spurs are they're special, but they're special out of almost pure chance. I, I was so lucky. Mm-hmm. I was so lucky because I could have been a Yeovil fan, mm-hmm. or I could have been someone a team. You know, people complain about their teams and the the, the shit that goes on. On can I swear on this? Mm-hmm. On, oh, on yeah. the yeah, sorry, <laughs> on, on the pitch. Um, and you see Arsenal fans moaning and whinging about Wenger and all the, all the pathetic uh, excuses that they are as football fans. Um, sorry, audible <laughs> smile. Yeah, uh, that the, you think that there's clubs out there with real problems. So I was very, very, very lucky that my old man and my granddad before him supported Tottenham. But it was, wasn't was Spurs at the beginning that drew me in. Like a lot of people sort of, they'll watch or see a player on telly and they think, mm. yeah, that's my team. Mm. When I was a kid going through the Panini sticker books, the ones that stuck out, stood out to me were Millwall and, uh, and Chelsea because mm. uh, I'm inherently racist. Mm. Um, but no, no, it was the Lions on. It was the Lions <laughs> on. Digs coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was. I was. It was the Lions on the football pitch. Yeah, kid, yeah, kids yeah, like cool. lions, don't it? And yeah. a chicken doesn't tend to sort of, you <laughs> know, it doesn't pop have the same out draw, to a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same with Liverpool. <laughs> I felt the same about Liverpool. I was like, play live a bird. Yeah. Like what? It's a dead bird. It's an extinct bird. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I just knew from a very young age there was something special about Tottenham because it was a word that was heard in my household mm-hmm. often I've got five brothers uh, and and um, obviously the supporting Spurs came from my dad but we used to talk about Tottenham more than anything else are you the most passionate of the, the Tottenham supporting brothers or is there someone who's more <laughs> they would rip more. me a new arse is someone is someone more Tottenham than you should we put it that I, I think I'm the up. most Tottenham yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the most Tottenham out of all of us but um, in terms of you know we all go we go to Europe um, we go home games we don't go to away games much but we did when I was much younger everyone's got jobs and whatnot. not um, but yeah we're, we're very much a Spurs family yeah. and anybody coming into that circle of social circle who isn't Tottenham finds it quite difficult my little brother actually brought back half brother because he's been a few marriages my dad is rubbish at marriage he, uh, uh, he, um, or great at it and he just wanted to share that around you never know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen his penis he ain't, he ain't yeah, yeah. so he must be really good at marriage <laughs> then, so, yeah. Yeah, different yeah. territories yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh he, when he my, says he's seen his penis, he means he's, he's looked down on his own body. <laughs> he's be like, oh yeah, genetics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got a name for my dad's penis, but yeah. I won't go into it. Sure. The, it's uh, Flav. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, uh, sorry, I don't know where, where that's come from. Um, he, the fighting cock. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, my little stepbrother came back in with the old JVC Arsenal shirt. Um, the, oh, uh, the thing, for some reason, he decided it'd be a good idea for him to support Arsenal, and uh, oh, that right. shirt was burnt. 
in the garden. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, yeah, genuinely burnt. <laughs> what made him? I mean, surely he knew that was a bad idea. I think he was rebelling. I think he was rebellious. Yeah, he did out of spite. I don't know. Do you think it sounds like when you're talking about football, then some of those early memories, and it's almost quite romantic. You're talking about kind of the collective sort of passion that it is as opposed to the club that's the sort of stuff that's standing out for you it's still part of the club though isn't it no of course but you know football as a whole mm. you know, the love of the game in a way mm. is there a frustration for you in the way football's changed and evolved since then to, to sort of the mo- where it is in the modern day um, yeah I mean I think most people that have lived through the changes that Sky Sports and, and, and the Premier League has, has, has brought uh, mm. you know kind of express some dissatisfaction of the way the game is um, whether that be ticket prices the kind of the reduction in atmosphere um, you know there's all kinds of things that you can moan about and I was very angry about that for a long time I was kind of I used to look around my, around White Hart Lane at times and it was it was so insipid that I kind of was very I, I used to get frustrated I used to walk away from the ground thinking what was that you know mm. what, why why, am, why why does no one else feel as passionate as I did and that was the kind of very naive way to look at it because everybody was there's so many issues that we could go into but mm. I think the biggest one is that the more ex- expensive football became uh, the harder it was for young people to get into the stadium um, and what you saw that season tickets became a kind of um, a rarity you know mm. it's so difficult to become a season ticket at older at Tottenham and gradually year on year that the age the average age of, of that crowd at White Lane got older and older and I'm 35 now I'm less vocal than I was when I was 25. Mm. I was all in, interested in, all, in, in atmosphere and, uh, and passion and noise and getting one over on the other lot and that kind of thing. But the older I get, I'm less interested in that. I still want to see it, but I'm not as part of it as I used to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there has been a change. I'm not saying let's go back to the 80s where stadiums were falling apart and they were fighting in the streets and, uh, and, all, and all of that. but. What we've come become so obsessed with the competition. I think the, finishing the top four, um, the players that fill the shirts rather than the shirt itself. That it's natural that you're going to your how passionately you feel about your football club is going to live vicariously through the players, um, and I think that's dangerous because it really, you, what's special about your football club is the traditions mm. and the, and the, and and the relationship you've built with the club, and it's so much more than the players that are employed. So for that reason, then you must. You must love Pochettino because I've I, um, got a documentary coming out this weekend um, on the Football Republic. Sorry, um, and and I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I sort of approached it thinking Pochettino and Spurs were. I didn't know anything about them. That's why I wanted to make the documentary. And uh, there's a really great quote that Jack Pitbrook told us about, and he covers him quite closely. He's a journalist for. Oh, yeah, the independent. independent yeah he's great <clears throat> um, and he's a great writer and, he, and he, he seems quite close to Pochettino in that sense anyway the point is uh, he said uh, Pochettino says when you sign a a contract with Spurs you sign a contract to train not to play that's right and I, I, for that reason I almost feel like you know Liverpool have found Klopp they've found their perfect manager I feel a little bit like mm. Pochettino is that for Spurs in that sense because he he brings out something from the old days because he's full of Bielsa and those sort of like passionate old guys comes from a country where they completely know what it's all about Argentina and they really care about their football and he comes from a city which always felt like it was it has a similar vibe to Spurs in that it always feels like it's being told well you're not as good as or you know you're not Chelsea or you're not Arsenal or you're not Millwall, you know, any of those guys yeah. so he almost completely gets it yeah um, 
I, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about him really before he joined Spurs. Uh, I, I knew he'd done really good uh, at Southampton, and I read a bit about his time at Espanyol before that. Um, I did out of the four managers that we talked about on the Fighting Cop podcast, he was the last that I wanted. Yeah. I went to Frank Vore, <laughs> Santini, yeah, or yeah. Capello over over him. Not LVG. No, I don't think he'd left by the time we were having that conversation. He'd gone signed for Man, Man, City, uh, Man United, but I probably would have taken him over him. Mm. Um, and instinctively, you knew something had changed. And for, the first thing you saw on the pitch was that we were trying harder. People mm. were running, and we were burning out, but, but but you could see the effort on the pitch. And it's, it's not difficult to, to impress a Tottenham fan. <laughs> genuinely all we need is our players to, to run and some of the be- you know the cult heroes we've got and I'm sure this is the same at most clubs aren't the best best mm-hmm. footballers um, Freund Stefan Freund you know we still sing about him now on occasion and he was pony mm-hmm. he used to run his arse off and it was kind of all you needed um, so I, I think yes so we saw that that was the, in- the, the, the instant um, gratification of seeing your team work harder and then the results started coming and, yeah. and once you've got those two things and he, and he just he doesn't talk much I think mm. I love that about it like there's, there's and I mean it's not only that his, his English is actually quite good mm. and some people sort of say it's because he's a foreigner it, apparently he's actually like very very fluent right um, um, I, my gut feeling was that he didn't want to be misinterpreted uh, yeah. but you know he can speak English obviously you can see it he wouldn't be able to communicate with the players and, and get them to play for him if he couldn't communicate with them sorry so um, yeah look I, he's perfect he's perfect for Tottenham and I'm genuinely it does concern me that one day he's not going to be there and I don't know when that might be hopefully he'll be with us another 15 years like Wenger was at Arsenal but um, yeah it is a concern because what do you go back to Tim Sherwood I'm not. I mean, if Tim Sherwood picked up, though, he could come back. What you sort of want is you. I, I guess I, I sort of, we had this conversation. And I sort of. I, it's hard to come to a conclusion because everyone sort of goes, "Well, hopefully you'll have laid the groundwork for the next manager, or another manager can pick up from there." Mm. Uh, you, but you do sort of get that feeling with Pochettino that it is also partly the man. Do you know? Like it's the same with Clark. Oh, it's kind of like yeah. well, I, I went to Dortmund just before Christmas, and they were sort of saying well, it's not the same without him. Like you know, we want the same atmosphere, but because that one man isn't standing there it's completely different mm. and I guess that's the, the yeah, concern for Spurs isn't it and for, I guess for Levy as well like Levy must be sort of feeling a little bit like things are slightly out of time because he wants that stadium so mm. Pochettino can get the money to be able to do all I'm not worried about him leaving anytime soon I think because we've got everyone signed down to do contracts because it is an exciting time for Spurs fans and the club as a whole I'm not worried about him leaving but I think his appointment shows how crucial it is to get the right man at sure. the right time because the impact it can have is just yeah. you know so incredible and we saw I think Jay Rodriguez came out today and said best ever best, best ever manager ever. Yeah, best yeah, yeah. man I've ever played for all this sort of stuff mm. so he obviously has an impact on the players I mean from your perspective Flav uh, how exciting is it now to be a Spurs fan compared to you know recent times when it always felt like it could get going it was going to come to this tipping point now it feels like it actually might um, I'm excited yeah I mean how can you not be excited I mean we we nearly won the league last year <laughs> we never nearly won it we never going to were we but, but it, it felt like we could right and that's the first time in my life uh, it, it was actually felt, possible yeah. it was actually possible for once and this season you know we you, you could worry about how effectively we were going to perform this year because that all of that kind of energy was expelled when we kind of drew at Chelsea or lost to, mm. or drew at West Brom the week before mm. and, and it was it, it, it kind of but, but 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 more more than that, it's just I kind of feel proud of Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You can't, how do you how do you feel proud of something that isn't that, that's a company essentially? That's what Tottenham is, and it's, it's depressing to say it's Private a company business. and these are employees. <laughs> but it's the nature of modern yeah, football. Yeah. 
but I do. I feel proud when when like when someone when and someone asks me uh, who do you support, and I go I'm Spurs. You kind of you they want they're interested in, t- in talking to you for for a start. Oh, what do you think of Pochettino? All that same stuff we're talking about here, but more there's that this begrudging respect from Arsenal fans, Chelsea. Oh, you're oh, yeah, actually decent. Whereas before, you'll know, uh, you know it's. It was bad at times, you know. I, I grew up easy being a Spurs fan. I went, at I, I went to, I lived in Holloway. I went to school in yeah. Highbury Grove, um, and this was during the nineties when Spurs were absolute dog shit, and uh, Arsenal were very good, uh, and it was hellish. <laughs> and this is part of the reason why I hate Arsenal fans so much. It's not even about their football team; it's them as human beings. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah sorry. To back up slightly, so we're talking about. Uh, Spurs and we're talking about where the club's coming from and, and the way they're sort of changing we're talking about some of those frustrations of modern football you've been involved in the 1882 movement yeah. talk to us about that and what you were trying to achieve with that in terms of the club um, so uh, at a time when we set up 1882 movement it was essentially an atmosphere group really um, I don't want to say singing group singing section mm. sounds a bit you know wanky would but- you call it a choir <laughs> yeah, yeah, we used to have the shelf side choir as well at times. Yeah. Um, uh, so the idea originally, we, we saw this video um, that Lech Poznan were, were, were supporting their under twelves <laughs> and going with flares and bouncing and everything. I mean, even that, even I think that's a little bit sad. But the, you know, it's under twelve. <laughs> you know, I mean, these tiny <laughs> children. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we there was something about that passion that I just wanted to replicate and, and have since kind of moved away from the ultras movement in in Europe and, and, and don't think that's for English English football I don't think it works and don't I don't feel that that's genuine and authentic and I can understand the resistance from old school people because when we sent we set up 1882 we did get a lot of resistance from some some section of Spurs fans mm-hmm. who thought that we were kind of we were moving away from the traditions of Tottenham um, what, that, what are those what are those traditions I think they're the same traditions of of, 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 of old school football in England. Anyway, I think it's you don't you don't you're not like a singing group. You kind of move with the the feeling of the game, and and you sing and you're passionate. But there are times when silence does well. Uh, I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to say, and I don't really know what the traditions. That's why I'm struggling. That. I know that's what I'm wondering. There was like, opposition to it. Basically. Yeah. I, I, I know that they're not. It's not flares, big flags, yeah. and. Um, mm. You know, it is for some like Liverpool do it well, but whatever it was, there was some resistance to it. And um, what what we decided to do, we, we just wanted to bring back some of the enjoyment. Mm. It's so difficult in modern stadiums, stadia that um, you can't sit with your group of mates because everyone has their allocated tickets. Um, there aren't sections of the ground that you can kind of buy in bulk if you're if you're that way inclined. Homesdale Fanatics at Crystal Palace did it brilliantly because. Their ground was half empty when they started that mm. in 2005. Fuck all people were going to Palace, mm. you know. So they had this section and they made it their own, and it is now the loudest end. Whatever you think of Palace and the ultra section they have there, it's the loudest end. It's a great end to be in as well. I think not only as a sort of a, as, a, as a supporter of Palace, but I've been there like 10, 15 times over the past couple of seasons, and they sort of welcome you in as well, which is quite yeah nice. Yeah, I mean it is nice, and uh, the. Uh, so what we wanted to do we wanted to bring, bring that fun element back and there was no room at Tottenham in, for first team games to do that so we decided to focus on youth games so we thought it wouldn't it be funny actually that was the idea the first instance it would be funny wouldn't it if you go to uh, an FA Cup a youth, uh, a FA Youth Cup a fourth round game at Charlton middle of the week miles away you know it, but it would be funny if we could get a number of people come down and just sing from like later the first team hmm. and for whatever reason we, this was the first year we started the podcast um, we didn't know how many people were listening to us it could have been 10 could have been 1000 whatever it was 
and 250 people turned up at this pub in Bank, Banker and Barrow Boy in um, London Bridge. And I was amazed that there were so many people that were singing. It was like an away game. It was incredible. We got on the train, we sung all the way there and we supported the, the youth players and, and it was great. And um, the, the, the most important part of that bit was that at the end, the youth players came to us mm. and were celebrating and sung a song with us. And you're thinking, for someone who admired Ultras culture for so long and mm. what was happening in Germany and seeing the interaction between players and, and fans, it was like, this is, this is amazing. So we did it again. We did it at White Lane and we did it again. Uh, and it just got bigger and bigger. We took 600 to, it was 250 first time, 600 to the Barcelona next gen game at White Hart Lane. And then eventually it was like, well, we're playing the Europa League and no one turns up to that. We, had, we were getting 20,000 gates at White Hart Lane. So we could, take a, we could take a block in the East Upper, in Block J, where no one sat. It was always that, that bit. So we, we bought that block and we filled it out and we sung. Um, and there was, that was when the sort of, some of the criticism came because I think some of the Spurs section of Spurs fans, and I understand it, and I agree with it completely, and wouldn't have done it again in hindsight. But they felt like we were saying that they were shit, and this is how you support your club. Was uh, that true, though? I think there was definitely an element of it. Um, uh, yes. So you, but you did do it out of frustration. It was, did, it was did, frustration. Did, did, yeah, I, I just regret that now, though, because I don't. We're all Spurs fans, you know. We, there is no right way to support your football. Club. How do you go about addressing that problem then? Because you can't there go around is, the ground, can you? And sort of go, do you mind no, if we have a little sing song? Do you mind if we have a little sing song? But mm. I think it's a valid thing that everyone seems to feel there is that sort of alienation almost. There is that connection lacking with the players, lacking with the club in some respects. You obviously were trying to sort of establish that, like you're saying, with these these youth teams getting that connection back. How do you think football's moving in the right direction, or what can they do to move in the right direction to kind of to kind of combat that? Well, Social answer. So, yeah, so what? Use conversation. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> uh, it's just. Um, I, I think for a long time, fans felt so disenfranchised of the game. Um, it it was us and them. I felt like that for so long. It was the football club. It was the Premier League. It was Sky Sports. It was the money making machine, and then it was us who just spewed our money into this. Is, is that, can I also ask just very quick? Is that also partly down to the people who are at the top? Like, did you feel disenfranchised from people like Alan Sugar and people like that? Yeah, who were also very much pushing that new generation, like. You know, at other clubs, maybe they, they saw the immediate benefit of it. So United saw the immediate benefit of the Premier League. Mm. And I think Sugar wanted to do a similar thing. Like he wanted to make Spurs into that commercial asset and sort of, you know, sell them out and make them... Like, you know, he was into TV, he was into all these kind of things. Yeah, it was like, before it was before Sugar, actually. We, we were the first team to float on the stock exchange, um, which opened the floodgates for clubs to yeah. essentially move away from being membership uh, organisations yeah. to commercial entities. Um, so yeah, very much so. I mean, and you understand it. You know, you un look how much money's in the game. Look how how good the quality of football is. Look how safe our stadiums are. A stadium is, and 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 you know, and it's. It, it, I understand all that, but it didn't stop the fact that I felt like football wasn't for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just being pushed towards, and it still is. You know, we work in an industry that pushes content generally towards um, a, a type of, of fan by and large, you know, mm -hmm. FIFA playing generation, mm -hmm. you know, because that's audience and, and, and those audience are captive and, and whatever. But you know, the, the fact is I felt like I, the football wasn't for me. I felt it was being taken away from me. Mm. Um, was that and true? I was angry. I probably, probably not. It was just my kind of, it was the, I was, I had, a, I was very kind of left wing, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is the people's game type bollocks because um, it is bollocks you did know. you do you believe that do you buy into that not still? anymore 
I did for a long time, and that that fueled a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think a good point to say with though was in terms of alienation. I mean, you talk about this FIFA generation, which is obviously the young generation of football fans. I think it's safe to say disproportionately they spend more time playing FIFA than they would watching football or getting mm-hmm. involved in the game in other ways. Like you say, the older generation, the ones who have the season tickets. Mm. The problem seems to be getting younger fans, like you're saying, when you were younger, you'd be there creating the atmosphere. Mm. There does seem to be that vacuum almost of so this, who nowadays of my age has a season ticket for any club. I don't know anyone. This is one of the things that you need to did remedy really, really well. So we focused on games that weren't selling out and on games that the tickets were low, lower, uh, cheaper. Mm. Um, so a game uh, against, uh, I think it's Shakhtar the next, mm-hmm. I think at White Hart Lane. Yeah. Denny Pro. Um, we chose a block in the part lane lower and, uh, and we sold 800 tickets. And when I say we sold 882, mm. didn't. Tottenham sold it. Tottenham was the link, but we just, it was an umbrella for people to get under. And the average age was probably, I would say, 21, 22, because mm. everyone could afford it. Mm. And it was, we'd, we'd say, look, if you're like minded, if you want to sing, if you enjoy that aspect of football, you know, we're all sitting here, come, come join us. And I think when we did that and we consistently did it, the dissenting voices kind of fizzled away because they realised well, we weren't interested in digging anyone out. Yeah, we were interested in singing for our football club. And then when you had the players talking about the atmosphere and and AVB mentioned it in the press at the time, they didn't mention our name, but they were talking about the atmosphere. <laughs> Thanks, Flav. Yeah, well, eighteen eighty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was they just commented on the fact that there was an increased atmosphere. And did what did the club think about it? Do you know what the club thought? Yeah. So so we 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 the first home game that we the first team game we, we started it in was Hull at home in the League Cup and the week before AVB had talked about how mm. quiet the atmosphere had been uh, so we put the uh, Block J in the East Upper and the club when we started buying because we don't co- didn't consult the club they they, they made those two blocks uh, unavailable for sale Wow! and we thought I was in my head I was like fuck they're all sold yeah like, this is like literally six hours after we started promoting it on Twitter and whatnot. And you're kicking back, popping the champagne. 1882's <laughs> won it. We've, We've done fucking it, done it, lads. Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're chuffed. I mean, it's just it's nice when you have an idea and, and, and it resonates with people. And more more so, I'm just looking forward to a really good, exciting game mm. where I could sing my eye out for 90 minutes. Uh, and then we contacted the club just to check. It seemed fishy, and they were like, "Nah, we there's various reasons, but you can't do what you're doing." Um, but did it give you those reasons, or was it literally like yeah, there so, are various reasons? Right, so there are reasons. I mean, they're good reasons in in those tiers, which is the expression, the cascade, the way mm. the the severity at which the, yep. the 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 stand is meant it was quite dangerous for everyone to be standing up because everyone stands up, mm-hmm. and historically people don't stand in the upper tiers. It's the lower tiers where you can kind of get away with it now. Um, and they said, look, it's a, it's a safety issue. Harringay, it had happened once before, I think. So I might have missed. I've messed up my dates but mm. we, we did it once before and this was the second game and the safety board the Harringay safety board which were out every single game had made a comment about it so that they had good reason for that but what it did do forget the negative reasons yeah, it yeah. gave us an opportunity to actually open a dialogue with, with, with the club mm. um, and yeah, we did we, we sat down we were involved in um, like I say board level meetings with Donny Yates who's I think one below Daniel Levy I never met him but um, and there's no reason why I should uh, the um, you know, he was. It was. It was. They were open to it, and mm-hmm. once they realised we're not troublemakers, we're not an ultras group. We're not calling ourselves an ultras group. This is simply about uh, about singing. 
Uh, yeah. And that's it. And you know, there were some issues around standing because they can't be seen to say, here's your block, here you go. They never promoted us, but they did allow us to do what we want to do. Um, and without being, you know, the bigger issues came around singing the word uh, year. I don't know if you want to talk about that. But <laughs> A couple of people got arrested for it. They got arrested. Up, they ended up going to court. Was that really? the was was that the whole furore that happened with um, Badil? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he because he was that massively was against. He was leading. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So that, that that happened a couple of years before this, and okay. then it, it kind of it's like a wave. It keeps coming back yeah. and back and forth. And mm. this one happened. I mean, what what, what where's it at now? I, I mean, it's gone away for a bit. Okay, but probably come <laughs> back. Uh, but yeah, we had three three two lads who was in the part of eighteen eighty two who got um got pulled by the police and ended up in in, in were, were essentially a test case for whether or not Spurs fans are in the wrong here. Uh, it got thrown out in the end for you know ultimately the decision was it's about the intent in which it was said. I don't, it doesn't matter who where you where you are with that. That's yeah. what the court said. That sets precedent though, doesn't it? I suppose exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um. That word, uh, I'm sick of saying it. I say it so much. Content. All oh, right, okay. I, so, thought, I genuinely thought you would, hadn't heard the conversation yeah, yeah. you just had there. Um, <laughs> no, we've got to keep it clipping along, you know. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, uh, myself, you, Flav, mm-hmm. you as well, Lawrence, we've all been involved in making content yeah. for, for YouTube okay. football stuff. And we're talking about What's the game mean? now. You know, stuff. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Video stuff. What is content? But, you know, the, the way the game is, we're talking about how it's sort of expanded. Blown up. So much gets written, so much gets made, mm-hmm. so much gets talked about football. Um, how do you feel about sort of working in this? It's not really journalism, but it is sort of creating content around football. How do you feel about doing that every day for your sort of uh, your day job um, with Ball Street? I yeah, I, I mean, I'm lucky. There's so many people out there who would love to do what I do, mm. um, and I kind of I can I, I don't I'm not going to complain because I, essentially each morning I get up and I can get right about football and talk about it. But it does, it does. You do fall out of love a little bit with the game generally. Mm. You know, I don't watch any football outside of uh, work now because I just can't. I can't. Mm. I, I'm, I'm more interested in boxing. If I'm, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm much more interested in, in in watching two men, grown men, barbarically beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, but um, when it you must have enjoyed the Battle of the Bridge last season. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the perfect combo. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that was probably my favourite game last year? Yeah, but, but for, for reasons of other reasons. But the. Um, <laughs> So is is that time you guys know? You must know. You get fatigued. Yeah, like it's a fun. It used to be a fun thing you do on the weekend when you're younger. You just watch a football game. You play football. Mm. When it becomes your job, I've sort of stepped back from it from doing it every single day now, and it is actually a little bit more enjoyable when every now and then you pop in because otherwise I feel like you get lost in the bubble almost of every day. People are churning out transfer rumors. There's all these stories being churned out. I mean, Gary Neville was complaining a few weeks ago about how. There's this rush to produce so much stuff. Mm. Oh fuck off! But maybe it's not good. Yeah, stuff. No, I just think it's cynical when the guys up at the top who are taking a fucking yeah. uh, paycheck from Sky yeah. go, "Ooh, it's a bit of a rush." You're like, "Mate, you created <laughs> the rush." You're- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Working for the rush. Yeah, they created this whole yeah. situation don't in the first Don't sit on the inside and go, ooh, you all want to be in on it. <laughs> yeah. Of course we do, Gary. Like, of course we want to have our say because it's we not, don't have enough of a voice. The thing was, the, the problem with Gary never saying that was that it was very critical potentially but also that it was just like everything that I'm not doing all other journalism is substandard and it didn't seem to it didn't seem to differentiate or you know discriminate it was just like I think he's everything being produced I think he's broadly I mean you can definitely broadly say he's correct (laughs) Um, I mean I I, I read an article today which was retweeted by the FBAs and um, it was literally an article written by a guy who'd done no research on the Sacco Mm. situation at Liverpool and had just said um, that Sacco had fallen down the pecking order now if you're a Liverpool fan you know that's not the case and you know the nuance and the detail of it Mm. but it was basically like a hit piece on a guy who actually seems like a lovely guy and it was about what a useless footballer he was (laughs) and how he had no highlights to his career (laughs) Now, if he'd done a second of research, he realised that Sacco was the opposite of that. Like, he's a cult figure at Liverpool because he does so much uh, charity work and he'll appear with a paintbrush anywhere in his hand and probably paint a wall. And that's great. Like, everyone in Liverpool loves him for that. Just because he's pissed off a manager doesn't mean that he can't be a great guy. And Klopp's never sort of questioned his character. I think he's just questioned his Mm. professionalism. Yeah, but that's not what... The press and selling stories is is always, always about... um, about what will make people pick up a paper, what will make people click on a link, what you know. But I think that's a fault. That's a that's a, that's a straw man essentially. I, I I don't know the critical thinking term for it, but I think most people are. And we, I was talking about this on another podcast the other night. Is most producers are caught up with just setting up the cameras, let alone working out what's going to be said in front of the cameras. Mm, yeah. And the problem then comes that then the the people who are on camera then sort of decide the you know what's going to happen, and. That you then get into a situation, I don't know how you feel about this, where essentially it, it's almost like, well, this is good enough for them, sort of thing. Like, we'll put this out and, you know, someone will, someone will read it. Mm. And, or someone will watch it. And you, I feel a bit like uh, football's in a state where it's become ITV. It's just a bit like, well, let's make some content and someone will watch it I at some point. Definitely, that, that has been the way, the, the way of the land uh, from probably the mid 2000s up to the point where we are now from soccer am essentially yeah it's kind of small small bits of information the least amount of work and generate the most ad revenue uh, but and, and it, it's always been to be about money but I, d- I do think it's changing i genuinely do think it's changing i think yeah. I, I think there is a much more th- i think people are sick of that uh, they're, they're sick of the lack of effort they're sick of um, being forced down a, a, a url link or a kind of tunnel it's where it's clickbait yeah yeah at, at the end of it, it's just fucking shit to swilling and yeah. um I, I kind of I, I think with the advent of podcasting and how popular that's become look we're having this conversation this isn't dull I mean I, I love it yeah. I mean I love this format <laughs> and I and, I, and yeah. I have I have loved it for, for for many years and people are getting turned on to podcasts now because they want I think they want some they want to listen to people not me but they want to listen to other people who, who know what they're talking about. Do you worry that the same thing will happen to podcasting? I mean, to some extent, it's already happened to podcasting. But do you worry that the same thing will happen to podcasting? That happened to newspapers. That happens is already happening on YouTube. That's you know happened to TV. That it'll get taken down the same route. And essentially, it has more and more people get involved, and more and more people create content for that 
format. It no, I think it, I think it's a, it but I think that's a we're being set up in so many ways to be led down alleys to blame the masses. Mm. And I know that sounds very leftist, and we're trying to move away from that. Like we're trying to go hard right on this podcast. <laughs> but the but, but the point hard is, um, but, but but the point is that you know fake news and things like that have mm. been set up in order to give the press a way out. And it essentially gives the press or anyone who's at the top a bit of an easy out. Because mm. so CNN, they, had a sh- they were shit during the election. Didn't report well enough. Didn't uh, hold people to account. Didn't hold Donald Trump or any of those people to account. And then go, oh, well, it's the fake news. And you sort of go, well, actually, no, because you played your own role. Mm. And you could have very easily done that. And we too easily blame too many people coming along. Mm. Instead of going, well, why didn't you just show the people the good bits? I think it's, just, it's part of it's about the format, though, of podcasting, isn't it? I mean, it's it's impossible to bluff it, or it's impossible to fill it for an I hour. I don't know, mate. <laughs> we do everything. <laughs> but you you can't. You, people will switch off. You yeah, have of to. You have to be engaged, and you have to you have to have done your research, and you have to at least know what you're talking about. You can't. You can't. You can't. When's the last? Like, like there's this. Uh, one, one of the things that confused me about Gary Neville's. Part, we're talking a lot about Gary Neville. Me, but the after. You know, every after on a Sunday, he does his kind of little review of the game, mm. and it's like ten minutes long. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to listen to something ten minutes. I've got to get my phone out. I've got to find another podcast yeah, on the yeah, way. Yeah. You want I something want, want long some, to dig into? Yeah, it? and I think that's the beauty of podcasts. It's just people are engaged. They've got listening to nothing. It's in their ear rolls. They're not getting distracted by everything, and, and, and we benefit from that. Probably why I like 606, though. I, I still enjoy 606. Yes. Yeah. Well, talk to us about your podcast, then. Obviously, The Fighting Cock, mm. the most popular, the best Spurs say. podcast. Let's not conflate the two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they are not. Yeah, those are two <laughs> different things. Just saying, popularity, quality, they're yeah, yeah. Them, but um, yeah. um, when did you sort of start that? I've had that come with that. All right, so I don't know if we are the, the most listened to because the Spurs show is very popular. I've checked the charts, mate. I've checked the charts. Oh, all right. So what? I'll let you. He's up there. He's, is he? The, is he above the Spurs In terms show? of Spurs right now, this very minute. Yeah. Most popular Spurs. Sure, but are they above us? Uh, not currently. Not at this current moment. Okay, I mean, it's fair enough. Lovely. Yeah, but that, it, he's a specialist. When, you know what I mean? He's the, to be a Spurs podcast to be that high. No, no absolutely. Having a popular podcast isn't important. It, it's, it's not important right, to pack to, up, lads. Let's get, yeah, let's get <laughs> it. Uh, being able to have a laugh and a drink with your your that mates and better. talking about football sure. mm. it is essentially what the crux of the fighting cock is. Mm. Um, we we've it's always been about uh, an element of catharsis. Mm-hmm. getting through the bad days of, of Sherwood and whinging about things we didn't like about football but I think what people the reason why people listen to the fighting cock now is is as much about it is about is it, Tottenham is you know the people we have on the podcast that you know people want to hear Rick we've got, got my mate Ricky my best mate the funniest mm-hmm. man I've met apart from you guys mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, he um <laughs> He, he just makes me laugh when he, talks and he tells you stories and people are listening for that and when yeah. he isn't on the podcast people are complaining about it mm. and don't get me wrong lots of people do listen to the pod and, and they want to hear the Tottenham stuff as well but I think a lot of uh, I don't, this is sounding a little bit big headed but there's there's something about the chemistry between yeah, me, me and my mates yeah. that, that's, that makes us different from other Spurs podcasts because just as you say you might listen to the front three for like some analysis or some sort of insight which mm. is what we're trying to do mm. and I listen to a lot of stuff about that, because I'm like, oh, why did that happen in the game? I would listen to the fighting cock because I almost, like you're saying, I want that atmosphere, I want that yeah, yeah. that sort of chemistry between yeah. you guys. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about as much about Tottenham as we do our masturbatory habits or yeah. porn <laughs> we've seen or whatever we've it all, might be. We've all listened to yeah. <laughs> So, look, and, and that's it's become a bit of a, a, a cliched thing for us to talk about that stuff, but it, it's what we talk about off, mm. off, 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 off cock. Off cock, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, ultimately, while I don't know a great deal about um, 
you know the way Tottenham play and, and, and understand the tactics on which and how Pochettino has built the team he has and gained the success he has we do bring other people on the pod that do and mm. they talk coherently and while the main fighting cop podcast will always be I hate this expression but a laddish podcast mm-hmm. um, we do have bonus podcasts like this um, where Windy essentially leads yep. and talks about tactics mm-hmm. I believe that and and he talks about the youth set up at Tottenham and those are different beasts and feel very differently about um, but ultimately it's just some blokes around a, uh, around a, a microphone who are comfortable talking because mm-hmm. we've done it for five and a half years now but there's literally no there's no magic there's no we fluked it we fluked it completely do, do you do, so you know, you know you say you don't enjoy tactics mm. what do you do when you watch the game like I mean you, do, do you is that you saying you don't enjoy talking about it you don't enjoy vocalising it I like, like can you re, can you look at can you look at a, do you look at Spurs formation and go well he's clearly out of place or do you just not care about that no no I, no no yeah I'm not, I, I can I can't understand the game I love listening to people talk about it mm. I just don't feel I can like so it, I'll give you an example mm-hmm. the audience is going to hate this um, so a free like a, someone was saying that, that we swap between a four and a three two three one yeah. and a three four three correct the other, the other day yeah. apparently against uh, who did we play Jersey beautiful yeah. at times yeah and I'm looking at, I didn't fucking see any of that really? I didn't see any of that I don't know what people are talking about Dyer apparently is a sweeper and when we drop yeah. into a two and Rose and uh uh, Walker, Walker. Uh, sit back and, and well, I, I don't appreciate that when I'm first watching that because you're, you're too caught up in mm. whether you're going to win or not and what's happening I no, don't, but I'm, afterwards I appreciate it but I what I was doing that. during that game was screaming your fucking shit at Chelsea oh, yeah. fans over and over <laughs> yeah, again yeah. with my arms in the air yeah, yeah. so look I, I, and I would never watch the game back I, I yeah. would never go back and watch a game of football I'll watch the highlights I want to see the goals again mm-hmm. I want yeah. to see Ali run into the, into the crowd yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't get anything from that I wasn't really into Warhammer when I was a kid no, well, I no, like how you can no one was. Thanks for yes. that. It's a warhammer. I love it. It's just come out of nowhere. But I love but it. You know, like, that's that's what I sort of find interesting. Is it, um, and I think there are, it's also down to sets of fans. Because if you go to the Palace game, they if uh, I sort of sit in the upper tier above all those fans. What Palace? Yeah. Would well, you often go to Palace? I've I've not been this season, but I've, I've been a fair bit. Yes, he gets, so, he gets yeah. tickets. He gets some. And, and you tickets. like you love football, don't you? Love football. So it's it's fantastic. <laughs> you can watch the game. Do you love right? Football? I love football. All right, okay. Um, I'm dedicated to football. Good. But the, but the point is, uh, there's there's a few fans who sit around you. Who go, he's out of place. Doesn't yeah. know where he's going. We should bring him on. He needs to shift in a little bit. And the funny thing is that when the manager does that, then that happens. Yeah. Um, but those guys aren't sitting there going, all right, move him too. No, they, they just understand. The, they can see it. Their brain works in a way that they can see what's happening yeah. on the pitch, and my brain doesn't. But mm. I, I, lo- I love that someone can. So, no, they've not been taught that. Yeah. They are just fifty-year-old guys who go, mate, that left back needs to be a little bit further in. And they're not. They've never gone to school. They've not got UA for A, UA for B. But they know. <laughs> they know the game. What needs to happen, <laughs> and that gives me such pleasure that, mm. that that like there's no barrier to entry there. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I think so many people use tactics as a barrier to entry or statistics. Mm. And they sort and you know so if you want to have a conversation with a statistician, they'll sort of go, well, ten times out of the last, and you sort of think, oh well, but I can't contribute anything to this. Yeah. And that's part of it. Well, what do you make of? Uh Quite, it becomes quite a contentious thing the use of statistics in football obviously we've got the main man Statman Dave he's on our podcast you know he reads he, he out the stats every now and then to try and back up what he's saying and it mm. is very interesting but you call him a dick earlier didn't you <laughs> <laughs> <Cut that one. laughs> Dave is he yeah Dave yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but I mean before <laughs> just before we came on the podcast I'm meeting him on Monday he's not yeah, just in case um, yeah we were just talking about before the podcast about these stats about Christian Eriksen being one of the most effective midfielders 
in the Premier League. What does that mean? Since, well, since Mata signed for Man United, mm-hmm. his contribution. Oh God, you saw that statistic about Mata today with all his passes and stuff. Yeah, well, 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 well Ericsson has, has been has contributed more goals than all of the number tens in in the league essentially. What do you mean contributed? So he's like assisted goals. or goal scored. Assisted or scored a goal. Yeah. So in my head, it, sorry, are you saying just people who are the number ten? Well, no, it, no, it like had like attacking midfielders. Uh, Ozil, Eriksson, Coutinho, Hazard, Hazard. Hazard, and one other. A matter. What about Deli Ali? Is Deli Ali a number ten? Yeah, he plays number ten. Yeah, he plays yeah. ten. I mean, he plays. He plays more. Talking about literal number ten. Well. <laughs> I, I would. So, so I. I stats are great and they're useful and they do tell you a lot mm. um, about the way people are playing and 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 they are interesting to listen to. Um, I'm waiting um, for the butt. I want to hear the butt. But I, he, oh, <laughs> it's very entry, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's something. It, it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. And I know that Ericsson, despite contributing all those goals and assists, mm. has had periods of being pretty average. And I think you'll agree with that. Oh, I would wholeheartedly agree. So, so which which route do you go down with that? Then, like, do you, do, you, do you want to see? Would you rather see him being the most effective ten in the league? Mm. And does that can give you satisfaction? Or you know, do you still look back and think, well, you know, so, all those periods so, where you, I feel let down by you for a, twenty minutes? It's a good time at the moment because he, he's he's probably playing as well as he's ever played for Tottenham uh, since the Seska game at Wembley. He who, who destroyed a triumph, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he, he he got accused of being a flat flat track bully, and then against Chelsea, he put those two guided missiles onto on, onto Ali's head, and. Um, and I'm kind of getting people because of the podcast they listen to it they're saying oh, what yeah. you, you're digging you know, what you, these stats what do you think of now <laughs> yeah look at these stats and I'm like I'm fucking glad I'm right I'm wrong yeah. I, I got I got Sissoko wrong I said he'd never play for Tottenham again after three <laughs> games because I thought he was that shit and you know he's, he's done Monaco well game, that Monaco game was uh, and, yeah woof, yeah. Yeah. Deer. yeah and um, you know so there's 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 statistics are great and um, gut feeling is great yeah there's just different a, ways opinion to opinion is great yeah. just allow people to there's different it. ways to appreciate and evaluate a game they do also they sort of statistics sort of buy into that like that macho side of the game as well that you can be right or wrong mm-hmm. you know that someone yeah. can bring out a they statistic and, and it validates do you yeah, know what I mean yeah. it's easier way to, to you try and give a permanent yeah. conclusion it is, yeah it's essentially like I'm not saying Dave's lazy because I think Dave does stats oh, in no. a different way but I think some stats guys are a little bit lazy because they throw out a stat and go there done and you're sort of like well actually no that's where it starts they're also quite academic as well and I, 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 Dave's I, not academic is he not? No, no, he's not. <laughs> so, so the people I know that are really into stats are Windy on, on the fighting cock. He, he, he loves statistics and probably the most academic person I know. Mm. Um, and I'm I was, saying a lot. <laughs> well, I, I, I was never never academic. I didn't do well at school. I failed my A-levels and dropped out of university. No, so, shit. yeah, could you believe it? Um, but, um, so I think my brain is more more sort of wired to, to to the emotional side of football and the cultures yeah, yeah. around it rather than what happens on the football pitch I'm less interested in that that said I love listening to people who do know like, like I listen to the front three and I enjoy it and we know and you know that is interesting isn't it yeah I just I find it interesting that and I think it's fair enough everyone can appreciate it on a different level and can take something different from it like you're saying you listen to the front three I've listened to your podcast to get something completely different do you, yeah. do you find uh, that weird from your own fans though sort of being like I don't know. I, fans? I find it weird. Like, other yeah, Tottenham fans and fans of fighting <laughs> Your personal yeah. fans. But Flav fans. Loads of fans. Flav men. I've got zero will. fans. Flavmen. Yeah. Um, do you find it <laughs> the weird? Flavmen. Yeah. yeah, the Flavmen. Do you find it unusual um, that, pe- that people. Like, I, I was going to, I was saying this on another podcast the other day. People are obsessed with being right or wrong in football. Yeah. And they're sort of like, and they, you're either right or you're wrong. I think people are. That's the, the brilliant quote I was saying to you the other day. Uh, was that the problem with football nowadays is people try to make 
permanent conclusions from temporary situations. It's always evolving. It's always yeah. changing. Yeah. You know, last season, Eden Hazard was shy. He should have been shipped off. Now, look at him. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's always changing. And with statistics, I think some people try to make those permanent conclusions when there are intangibles and things that, that come that into it. Part of the problem, actually, with, with online content is that actually it's there forever. And that yeah. feels and permanent. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the difference is Pep that... Pep Guardiola is a fraud yeah. until two months down the line. Like, oh, well, but at that point, do you, you can't, and, and also in video, it's very different. Like you can't edit a YouTube video once it's out. Do you know what I mean? So once it's out, it's there, and you can edit the title, so you could sort of mess around with it. But you can't edit the content in the video. That's stuck. That's like encoded, so that you cannot change that. Mm. It would be lovely if you could. Mm. But like the, the, the point with that is that uh, people say, you know, it's tomorrow's. Uh, Chip wrapping, do you yeah, know what I mean? It and, isn't and it isn't anymore. Yeah, mm. essentially, like you could burn all the papers all and just get rid of those. Yeah. You know, Hitler tried it; it got very close. <laughs> but like, but, but the point is that it, that would have gotten rid of so many records yeah. of things which felt permanent at that yeah. time. Um, I, I think this is just what people want. People want that reactionary content. They yeah, want yeah. to pick up the papers that say that Deli Ali is finished. Because I he think hasn't you're scored. wrong. I feel like it's the opposite. I think that they they're told they want that, and yeah. therefore that's what they want. Yeah, it's probably more. So people go, "You want this?" Yeah, and then they go, well, bloody, "Bloody want it!" Yeah, <laughs> they want it. And, sure. and it, it, I, I still love, and that's that's why I think like it would be good to have like um, and I think you'd be really great on something like this because you're somewhat of a Charlie Brooker esque sort of slightly snide way too much compliment character <laughs> no but you know what I mean like your, your show is almost a complete rip off of Charlie Brooker's rap um, <laughs> I watched that and said we should do a football one of these yeah yeah um, yeah exactly and so but, but the point is that you, uh, there's no one on YouTube like the BBC there's no public service broadcaster of YouTube mm. who sort of goes right we're going to have some standards mm. and we're going to well yeah you're obliged to uh, you know hold yourself up to certain standards you're not though on YouTube. No, but you I'm saying no yeah, one yeah. is obliged. Yeah, to. and the bit and um, it would be great, and I think to some extent you're sort of like that. Do you you know need to mean? make yourself the BBC of YouTube as oh, of now. But do, did you, what do you see your role as? Because I saw you on Social Club the other day, and you were sort of no. trying to remain above a certain level of conversation. Do you, you were almost dismissive of it to an extent. Do you think? I hope I didn't come across that way, but um, I, I just I found that I have four strong, per, three strong personalities. I was the least strong, so I was just less. Able Naturally. to engage, but um, I, I don't see. I, I, I don't really see myself as having a role, really. I, what do you want it? You, so, you do have a role, like you. Just, you just do. You can't. An easier question. An easier well. question would be. So, like we're saying, we all do football stuff, and we no, all challenge make him. Come on, content. But <laughs> make what, him think. What, what do you want to try and say? The stuff you make or the stuff you're involved in, like the, your podcast as well as the stuff you do on Ball Street. What are you trying to say? Or what are you trying to bring to all the masses of stuff that everyone else makes? Not not trying to do any anything. I, I think you're you're, you're putting you're, you're you're giving the fighting cock too much importance, or mm. or or bullshit at this stage too much importance. We're not. I love how you do the caveat at this stage. <laughs> when we hit a million, then give us that importance. Yeah, but if we hit a million on bullshit, then fucking, I mean, fingers up to everyone would do what we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I will. I'll, I'll do talk rules naked the minute we hit a million. All right, you, um, said, you can't delete that. Mate, I'm, also, <laughs> I'm also doing social club in my pants if Man United finish in the top four. So. Oh god. Yeah. And really? I saw a stat oh, today yeah, they've, yeah, only yeah. Got a bet, they've only got a 20% chance of doing it apparently yeah, according to stats really? yeah but don't worry because Latan still nailed on for 20 goals honestly I don't know how to answer that question because mm. I, it, the minute I feel like I'm uh, remotely important enough to have a vision then I think I've failed not a vision but you know if you're making a video you're not just sitting down and going well maybe you are <laughs> you're not just sitting down and going I'm just going to talk for two minutes you're thinking you've never seen Flav work how am I going to try and do something 
Decent, uh, basically. Uh, uh, Decent. Fuck. It's not a question. It is a question. I, I, I have a question. Make him think. I think the fight. I, I, I can't talk for Bull Street because there's, there's a lot of influences, and it's not just me. I don't make a make decision on what content we produce. It's kind of a team effort, so I, I'm not going to claim to do any of that for Bull Street. But, but, but for the fighting cock, it's. I think it's just make make stuff that we would find interesting and, and entertaining. Mm. Um, there's lots of content. There's lots of podcasts out there, and. We kind of want to stay true to the principles of which the, the fighting cock was built on, which is about pushing forward fan agendas, talking mm. about important issues like um, safe standing, like ticket prices, highlighting mental health in, in men mm. uh, specifically because male suicide is such a huge issue. Um, we've been campaigning on that for about five years. Um, th- those are the things that are, that are important to me. Um, and trying to make it something I can live off. You know, yeah. ultimately the, the, the ultimate goal is if you can stay true to the principles of which you've created it and put a roof above your head um, then that's that's, that's the, the holy grail that is the holy grail I mean that, can, can I mean, we put a roof above I mean you'll be moving out of that box soon but you know, can you put a roof above your head <laughs> no, not yet yeah. no not yet not yet not at this stage not at um, this stage but yes. one day one day and, and it's how do you do that without selling out because we, we started yeah, putting course. ads on our pod and we've done a read for a betting company and is that selling out that's always the I, I don't think so no, I, I don't think it is and if I if I do think it is, and I'm fucked because that's the only way you make money in in in, in, in that's always the conflict though. Yeah, but, um, but we're still talking about the same issues, and we're talking about it in a way like the betting side of things. We're talking about it in a way that um, we think is still funny. I think that's one laugh people, at betting. At least you feel yeah. people. Yeah. That's most people. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so true. That's why it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that is what most people want to do. Though. I think that's uh, what most people aim to do is that interest them. They want to talk about you know uh, what they're passionate about. Um, and that at the end of the day is what makes mm. good content. Do you think that's part? Um, do you think that's part of it though? Is some people are sort of convinced. Oh, I'm passionate about football. Mm. Like, therefore, I will go and you know. They, they mistake, mean, some good, people. I mean, they must. They put themselves on a track, and then they. You know, no one's passionate about a thousand degree knives. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But they're all over YouTube. They're passionate about the views, mate. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then, but then are you. A thousand that, degree knives. Like, there, you know what I mean? Like, there's something that's oh, missing maybe. there. What I would say, just, just, just. Like, there's two things I want to say. You actually, get in one. One of the is the the best moment of, of of the fighting cock is was when people were coming up to me at Tottenham or eighteen eighty two events, and actually, this is going to sound weird, but we're talking about problems they had. Yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. be a counsellor to anybody, and I'm fucking not qualified. Psycho flag. Psycho flag. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, talking boys. People aren't going to get that. I'm not going to watch the program. But the um, they will now. They will. Hopefully, all three thousand of them. Yeah, we need we need that three thousand. Yeah. Every 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 single view we can get. From Brian. But people, yeah. it, it was it was such an important thing. This male suicide stuff, and I'm talking about it again for good reason because um, men don't talk about their problems. Mm. They don't share. They're not programmed to do that. Um, the, uh, and it's getting it, hopefully more people are open to talking about it now but I think through the podcast we was able to talk about Tottenham but also perpetuate this, this, um, this message that it's alright to be open about your emotions and, and, and your feelings and if there's something that's bugging you then you should talk to someone mm. and, and we pushed the, the, the Calm charity um, and that's the proudest thing mm. you know, it's been recognised by Calm the Fighting Cop podcast to mm. do, been doing good work 
And the other thing I should say is I tried to play Warhammer when I was a kid. That sounded like big to people sure. like stats. I just didn't, I didn't understand it, is the point. These are the kind of left turns that the Fighting Club podcast <laughs> yeah, takes. Uh, anyway, back to Warhammer. Warhammer. Um, <laughs> I love... Flat you know, stats I, penis. What I would yeah, love came to see as well. is um, just a video and you get the one opportunity to meet Pochettino and it's to play Warhammer with him. And it's, and it's just the two of you just sort of... It's, it, it's an Arsenal-based versus this Spurs-based, and yeah. that should be a really good video. Imagine uh, uh, Pochettino playing Warhammer. You've got to find your niche, mate. That's clickbait. Um, let's wrap up yep. just by talking briefly about Spurs this yep. season. Then, obviously, um, there was a difficult patch. I think uh, if that's difficult, then that's good because you drew ex- exactly. Patch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, what what has sort of you made of this season so far? Then, because like I said, there was a, a difficult period of form. Now, you know, obviously Spurs have been somewhat resurgent over the Christmas period, mm. beating Chelsea at home, which is a massive win. What mm. made it all? So we came out of a period of 13 games with two two wins, all right? That is a sticky patch. If someone, you've got, if you've got, design, you've got designs on finishing the top four or, or winning the league. Wouldn't you have uh, lost those before, though? Probably, absolutely, definitely, without without thing. And, and, and the mental strength to come out of that and still be able to then win five on the bounce mm. and the sixth in the cup. Um, you know, it, it's the it, we are so all of us, Adam. You're you're confident because we've won five games and we've won five games. It's oh, been yeah. five games. That's all it is, mm. and that's all you need in this Premier League now. It, it is you, you get five games and you're back in it, and mm. we are fucking back in it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna win this league. We're gonna, Whoa, we're wow. gonna do it. Whoa. I mean, I statistically, saying, what are we back in? Are we statistically, in the... Chelsea are gonna win the league, but yeah. what, what are we in this for if we can't believe that old soft underbelly of Tottenham? That's gone. That's mm. a time. Forget that now. That's what Tottenham used to be like. This under Pochettino, that isn't Tottenham, right? This is a team that could go on and win the league. We probably won't. We probably no. finish third or second, but believe, but believe in Pochettino. Believe in yourself. Allow yourself to enjoy every win we get. Mm. You wouldn't and have spoken like that before. Though. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's what's so great. He's given me faith. You can in in the team. And you know what is great? Because I used to find solace in the fact that no matter how bad Tottenham are or how mm. mediocre they are, because we were for so long, I've still got that that connection with my club, and I've still got my family to share Tottenham with, mm. and my dad to you know because I love my dad. But we can't hold a conversation about anything other than Tottenham and yeah. and, and a bit of music, you know, because we, we're just two different people. But I love him to bits, and you know, and he's a great father. Mm. But when we come alive, he's about Tottenham. You know, he, he's been to every single eighteen eighty two game we've ever had. Mm. By far the oldest person there, and that's about the the emotional aspect we have with Tottenham and each other. But now I can have that and all the good shit that's happening on the pitch because that's what Pochettino's done. You know, so you got the best of both worlds, essentially. I really have got everything at the moment, and and I'm really scared it's all going to go away. That is a worry, isn't it? Because mm. that you, Liverpool and Spurs are in similar situations in yeah. that sense. Yeah. The problem is that every team's improving. Obviously, things are looking up for Spurs, and it is a good time to be a Spurs fan. Um, but I think we've got more points this at this stage of the season than we did last season. Yeah. Um, yeah, but last season. I mean, I, you guys really rely on last season, don't you? Yeah. And last season last was season a was shit season for so many people. Yeah, yeah it was. Oh, it was. Man. Well, not for us. It was great, <laughs> and for Leicester, obviously, um, great guys. Yeah. What? How do you feel? I hate Leicester now. I hate every one of their fans. I hate them. No, I think they they deserve that title. Yeah, they can enjoy it. It's because... not deserving. It's what they've denied us. That's you know, they deserve it. Fair play. You played yeah, well. I mean, put it this way: it wasn't just Leicester that denied you that. Because I remember you guys yeah, didn't finish yeah. in second. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah it was ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it really was your your own people. Do you? And you said you loved that Chelsea game. That Chelsea mm. game is an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I, I mean, look, I think because even passion. though we, yeah, yeah, exactly, because we threw it away, and like you're saying, that soft underbelly. Spurs would never have crunched into those tackles or shown any of that sort of it, fire. It, it was like. that. It was de- definitely that. The soft underbelly was gone, and, and mm. we were willing to leave blood on the pitch mm. and go down to ten men. And 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 you know, it wasn't professional, <laughs> but as a fan, it was fucking glorious. Yeah. Because because especially because it was Chelsea as well. G- g- well, uh, yeah, because it was Chelsea. Don't be wrong. And it was you. Uh, as fans of football, when you see it, you, are you, are you, everybody's sick of players straight batting every every question. Um, they're all media trained and you kind of conduct yourself in a professional manner and for the 90 minutes and the interviews afterwards that was all out the window it was just something to, to, to behold and everyone was talking about it and it's essentially yeah. another, just another game in the Premier League but both sides of the pitch uh, both, both sides both fans they had different you know Chelsea prevented us from winning the league and we had something to hold on to which was mm. kind of Neanderthal Mm. Uh, but, Quite but cathartic, instinctual, instinctual, and, and cathartic. Yeah, it's it, one of those games. There's one or two a season that will go down as like classics. So you'll watch in ten years. I think that will. Yeah. There's, a, there's also something about it, like almost like um, you sort of got it out of your system. Do you know what I mean? Like if if you guys are on a title run this season, I get the feeling that people there will be a couple of different angles that you would take, and one of the angles would be we got this out of our system. Like mm. we did that last year, yeah. and those guys all know he, what to do this year. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. As you say, to come that close is obviously very disappointing but it doesn't seem to have had maybe there was a slight hangover in that you know the, the, the form was there was that sticky patch yeah. but I think to experience that the, the players were so young they would have grown and they would have learned from that and I think it will stand us in good stead yeah I'm, 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 I love being a Spurs fan at the moment I love being a Spurs fan it's great uh, and I love Pochettino perfect yeah. time to end it there uh, Flav People can obviously head over to the Fighting Cock podcast yeah, to hear more of you, which they'll obviously want to do after this podcast. We're shaking hands. Shaking hands. Yeah. Um, uh, they yeah. can also catch you on Ball Street as well on YouTube. Yeah, go and watch uh, Talking Balls. Yeah, that that's, is your show. Yeah, that's my show. Don't bother about it. It's great. It's in my top three YouTube shows. And do you know what? You don't have to subscribe. Like, you don't, no, you that's do. Your it would be nice if they did. Yeah, no, you but, do. I mean, no, I'm just reverse psychology. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah I've learned that. that don't works. subscribe. Don't subscribe. I mean, Definitely hit subscribe. Yeah, yeah. But then hit uh, hit unsubscribe and then hit resubscribe. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Does that count as two subscribes? No, man. No, no. I'm full of shit. Um, (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll see you on Monday for the weekend review. See you then. 